1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode four of Tom Lucy Plus One. Uh, my name is Tom Lucy, and I will be your host for this evening's entertainment. For those of you who don't know, I am a comedian, and uh, I've been doing that for about four or five years. And uh, and now I do this podcast where I chat to people from the world of entertainment. Um, and our guest this week is Adam Kaye who is a fantastic writer, comedy writer, and uh, and now author. Uh, He wrote a book which came out, I think last year, called This Is Going To Hurt, which was about uh, the NHS, and it's done hugely well and been one of the top sellers of the year. So we talk about that and lots of other stuff in this week's episode. So a big thank you to Adam Kay for coming on. He kindly invited me around to his house. In uh, West London, and uh, we had a great chat. So here it is, the brilliant Adam K. I
2: was sure I, I thought um, more than twenty seconds later, with my spiders up on the wall, they weren't. <laughs> Um, Have you seen
1: the spiders? Do you, do you like spiders? Uh no. No. Oh. oh, yeah. What, are they real? Yeah. No, they're not. Are they real? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those are non-small spiders, aren't they?
0: Adam, that's disgusting. Is it? Yeah. Just look at the
2: butterflies, then. Though. Okay. Oh, and oh, the bugs, as well. Yeah. Oh, my Adam. Look at the size of it! It was like A4. Where did you it? buy that? Um, from a, a shop in Brighton. Is that what the Turner Prize looks like? Yeah. So <laughs> you get that from the book. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, it's just a, a shop that sells really expensive things. Ugh. And uh it was the most expensive thing they had? So I thought, have it! Where's, it, where's the shop? Brighton, North oh, okay. It's amazing. Oh. It's full of. Uh, There's loads of taxidermy and sort of and mounted insects and things. Mounted insects. Yes, I mean mounted onto a board. You know, (laughs) (laughs) with a pin for it, rather than fucked insects. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fucked
1: insects sounds like a good name for a shop. Yeah. Or a nightclub. Or a podcast. Maybe we should call. What's the podcast called? It's called Tom Lucy Plus One. Okay. You seem very sceptical about this.
2: Oh, I just, I just, I just don't know. The world needs it. But if, if you promise me they do, then I'm happy. To, I just, I don't know, it's like using plastic straws or something. It's something that people start needing to make a stand do not, against. Do you not like listening to podcasts? I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't like when Facebook tells me that someone's got a podcast. But
1: I think, I spoke to other people about this, it's because all of our friends are comedians and it seems yeah. like everyone's making yeah. podcasts, but it's... Yeah. Normal people, I like, don't think, think that. Yeah.
2: Oh, so I get asked to do a lot of podcasts, and do so that, you? that also. I generally say no. Although yesterday I said yes to one.
1: Um, what, which
2: one? Uh, and I did. And what was her name? She was very nice, and she was called Jessica Foster. Oh yeah, I know Jess. Yeah.
1: And
2: uh, it was actually very interesting because she just ordered loads of food to the house, and we just ate and talked about food. <laughs> Is that what the podcast that was, the was about? Yeah, it's called Hoovering. It's talking about just eating and stuff. It's so called that. Hoovering? Yeah, just like Hoovering food. Oh, right. Um, and so, yeah, that was. Uh, and so the pitch was there's going to be loads of food. It's just like,
1: I'm in. Does that not make it sound a bit weird on the.
2: Oh, yeah, it must sound disgusting. <laughs> but it's not my problem. I'm going to listen to it, am I?
1: <laughs> Because I, I think the interviews I've heard where people have been eating, it always sounds... Oh, yeah. Horrific.
2: Yeah. Also, there was a man uh, with a pickaxe taking a, <laughs> an enormous dry stone wall to bits. Did you do
1: it at your house here? Yeah. So the, you're, this week has just been a succession of people coming in to interview you for podcasts. Yes.: yeah.
2: but I mean, I, I do lots of interviews, but no, not normally podcasts. So I did the Richard Herring one, That was, that was all. Oh, but yeah. that wasn't a really big podcast, that's like... Someone who can't interview, speaking to you on stage in front of a people. So it's, that's, um.
1: I like that podcast. Ooh. Who else was on it on the night you did it? Kathy Burke. Oh, oh she's great. Yeah, no, she's great. When was that? Was that a while ago? Uh, yeah, start of Feb, I think. Okay. Um, one of the things Seamless Link that I wanted to talk to you about. that we've restarted recording yeah it was oh started. shit yeah yeah okay oh, I
2: can call that I don't. I don't know some, some, some of that might have been off the record no that's um, okay. uh, the, the the if I. If, if I yeah I probably shouldn't <laughs> mention the other podcast um, but yeah no, just, no, but I'm, I'm happy to be on the record with there are too many uh, young white male I, comedians I doing podcasts I agree you're going to bring it down from the inside
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah I, I, I don't know because I I felt like that for a long time but, but I think it, I think the problem is comedians talking to comedians. Which is. Do you think there's too many of those?
2: I think there's too many comedians. Would and you say
1: here's an, an interesting question? Would you say you're a, would you call yourself a writer or a comedian?
2: Yeah, I call myself a I call myself a writer. A writer. Because I mean, because I barely gig and yeah. uh, and it's sort of. I've, I've never really been on the circuit and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm gigging a bit at the moment to support this stupid book, uh, this amazing book. And yeah. Uh, but um, uh, we're, yeah, and I think of myself as a writer. That's that's what pays the bills. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Ninety
1: nine percent of what I do is writing, writing scripty stuff. Was there um, ever a time when you were like the, your main thing was was gigging, or was it always been like a side, side hustle?
2: Uh, no, there was there were there were about two years when I left medicine. Mm. And before I tricked production companies into employing me, yeah, uh, I was mostly gigging. But I was mostly doing like weird medical corporate gigs for like pharmaceutical companies and hospitals yeah. and all that <laughs> uh, and Why was
1: that? Because uh, you did jokes about medical things.
2: Yeah, so I at medical school, I'd done bits. I I started doing songs, and I was sort of, I was known a bit as like a recording artists doing those sort of, <laughs> you know, sort of last common denominator smutty songs yeah. uh, on a medical theme. And when I stumbled out of medicine needing to pay the gas bill, mm-hmm. I just sort of thought I would double down on that. Because yeah. obviously when you're working hundred hours a week as a doctor you can't really do that much gigging. No. You know, when you can't predict what time your shift's going to end or <laughs> you know, when it's going to be. So um yeah. so no I did a did a bit of a couple of years of that and um yeah oh my god Corporates are
1: no fun, though. No. How deep are you into that world? Um, not that deep. Not balls deep, as I imagine you are. I, <laughs> I've done a few corporate things, but yeah. they're not fun, are they?
2: They're, they're harder work, because a win in a corporate, I think, is if... Half the people are listening half the time. Yeah, you know when it's half ten and at night and they've been hammered with. And they want to just talk to their mates. If you can just maintain their attention, do you, occasionally do you do the,
1: Would you do the same thing, the same sort of set that you would do in a in normal? No, game. no, 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 no. Do no. you have like a corporate set? Totally,
2: and it's yes, about tailoring it to the is it, to, is it to the people. It's about doing down. loads of homework beforehand and right. really, really, really work. Um, uh, but so I got I got very good at doing a very strange type of gig, yeah. and then uh, and then when I sort of then later down the line was taking a show to Edinburgh or doing a, a tour show in theatres, I was like, oh wow, this is great!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you were used to performing to
2: to sort of difficult. to people with their at best their arms folded. <laughs> <laughs> And at worst, loudly talking to their friends.
1: Maybe I suppose that would have been similar to if you had done. Did you do open mics and? No, I sort of. Did you miss that whole? I stuff? Miss, I missed that, so I'm
2: sort of. I'm doing the sort of Benjamin Button version of comedy. <laughs> starting masters. starting in at corporates, <laughs> and then now I'm working my way down through uh, big yeah. theatre shows. And, and so hope, hopefully, if everything goes to plan, I'll be I'll be bothering. Um, <laughs> What's that mirth control yeah, in in a five years or so?
1: Cavendish afts.
2: <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's
1: great. I would love to have not have had to do all that. Uh, you don't have to. Do you think? I don't, I've never spoken to anyone who's not had to do.
2: Oh, well, but also uh, at the same time, I should. My caveat is, I don't. I, I don't know anything about the life of a comedian or what. Career One of the progression things involves. that
1: I um, think about strongly when I think of you. So I mean, this is a, as a compliment is you see a complete sort of lack of interest in stand-ups and, and stand-up. You don't seem to have any desire to to be a stand-up. Or quite often no. when we've spoken in the past and, and I've told you what I'm up to, you <laughs> sort of question well, why, why I'm doing what I'm well, doing. Well, you're often doing terrible things, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> uh. And then you... I remember once explaining to me what your life is like as a writer, and it sounds... So much sounds great. You just oh. can work from home, and there's no travelling. Really, and drunk and naked things that yeah. you can't do on as stage are, as we are now at the
2: Cavendish Arms.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. You, <laughs> maybe you could do as your last gig at the Cavendish Arms. Yeah. Um, you
2: know, i I'm, I. One of the things that was uh, was difficult about medicine is not being in control of your life. Yeah. And I don't want to be in a situation ever again where I'm not in control of my life. And yeah. if my job's, you know, writing or script editing um, scripts of my own or other people, then I choose which job to say yes or no to. I choose yeah. how many days a week I work, where I work from. Yeah, and I like I like working from home.
1: It's sort of that's my that's was my thing. was that always was was your sort of life now always what you wanted?
2: No, I I, I don't think I've got any. I don't think I've ever really had any plan other than a sort of a plan age, you know, in teenage to be a doctor, Yeah. Uh, which I made good on, and then that's just a sort of, be sort of a, a production line until you become a consultant at the end. But since I left, I haven't really, I haven't really planned things. But um I've always done things I've been interested in. I've never taken jobs where I didn't think I'd learn something. Yeah, I guess like I've got no interest if I've written on. Series one of a show, I've got no great interest in doing series two of that show because <laughs> I've learned what I, what I yeah. can through it and I, yeah. I prefer to do different types of things because yeah. um, also I don't like working on the same show for five days a week. I'll generally only do three or four and take like a, a day on something completely different yeah. have, or take a you know, day off um, just so I don't. That's <laughs> uh, great. Uh, yeah, no, you should totally do it. I mean, quite you know, variety. your writing needs to improve quite a lot first. Uh, but,
1: uh, <laughs> but you know, if you can if you can sort that out, then uh, yeah, they should totally do it. Do you think? Do you think that? Um, do you think that most comedians think they could write and they couldn't do do it? Do you think people think it's 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 a skill that that they could do, but actually, I've really badly phrased that question.
2: No, I, I get it. It's. Um, it's not necessarily the case that because you're even a brilliant stand-up comedian, yeah, you'll either be able to be an actor,
1: yeah,
2: or a a narrative scriptwriter.
1: Yeah.
2: Because jokes are important in comedy, but basically comedies are about characters. Yeah. And putting the characters into situations and caring about them and It's possible to bring someone in. You know, I do one of the things I do a fair amount: being brought into a show to gag it up, to you know, chuck some jokes in. What you can't do is retrofit emotion or the meaning of the show, and and so yeah, um, a lot of comedians make brilliant writers. Some make. Terrible writers, yeah. and also some very unfunny people who you'd never want to see on stage in a billion years <laughs> yeah. make phenomenal writers. You sort of you meet some comedy writers, and you're like, seriously? And then <laughs> you know, and then you work with them in a you know a writing yeah. room, or see or see stuff they've done. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's I always like the the bit of the um, the Baftas or the Emmys or these award shows where they present the award for writing, or and you see the writers go up on stage, and they always <laughs> look like. Every single type of like type of person, like just this mismatch of you know like this this the group at school that maybe would have been bullied. Oh yeah. That's no, what, like that's what it looks like. It's like it's like I'm the X Men stripped of their powers, <laughs> isn't it? And you think I always think I think I like these that's my that's my crowd. I like those people. Yeah. Is that um, how it feels?
2: Uh well no no you're definitely weird enough to be a writer. Do you think um, yeah I
1: think so. I think hope so. so. I think you could do it. I don't know, it's weird. Do you think that your, um, your background as a doctor has helped your career in writing? Do you think it helped to do something different before and then come to it late? Uh, yeah, I think maturity
2: is no bad thing in terms of being able to... You've met more people, you've had more experiences. I think sort of age probably helped. I've never, until recently, I've never really written about being a doctor because I wanted yeah. to prove that I was you know I'm not just I'm not just a guy who used to be a doctor I'm like a proper writer of my own um, yeah so um I think it helps on stage um I think I'm reasonably fearless yeah. because there's never any life or death situations yeah. on stage you know the most stressful stuff that will ever happen to you in your life has already happened to you if you've worked on labour for seven suppose, years. yeah, I didn't
1: think of it like that, yeah.
2: So the stakes are so much lower. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, you know, if you're doing that sort of regional radio and they say, oh, it must be so scary getting, you know, how do you do it? How do you <laughs> control it? It's one of the sort of the boilerplate basic questions. And when you've already <laughs> done something day in, day out, it's much worse.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I think it helps for puts a perspective on it. A bit of perspective, yeah. Do you find it sort of funny how when comedians get very um nervous about things and you think it doesn't really matter?
2: No, because we've all got our own i I was I was I was exactly that when I started in medicine. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I I got faint with blood, you sort of and it's the same thing in comedy, it doesn't yeah. you know, you you learn eventually that excitement helps but nerves don't and so you manage to Get rid of them a bit.
1: <laughs> so I've like, just because so when you were growing up, was it when you were sort of you know a teenager? Were you equally as into you know medicine as comedy, or did you always want to be a doctor or a comedian, or?
2: Do you really know what I didn't go into medicine for any good reasons other than there were lots of doctors in my family, and it was like right. the, you know the default <laughs> position to you know, go into it It as my marimba ringtone. It's what I came pre-set with, unless I had (laughs) another idea. Um, So, uh, because I didn't come up with a better plan, I uh, I ended up being a doctor. Uh, Comedy, I'd always... I'd always written like funny stuff. I was like editor of our school newspaper and sort of of school magazine and sort of and wrote lots of funny pieces. Well, yeah. I say funny. I mean, I'm sure they were just dog shit, weren't they? But I sort of stuff I've tried tried to do that. I did um like sort of sketchy stuff on stage and wrote for other people who were performing and just I was I was interested in that. Yeah. Because I was sort of growing up in an environment where you become a doctor or a lawyer or a politician or a civil servant and not much else. Um, it hadn't occurred to me that being a writer or a comedian was really a was really a thing because you know yeah. you don't get your monthly salary if you're a <laughs> if you're a you know a writer. So it sort of
1: hadn't it didn't hadn't really computed. Did Did you come from a Do you come from a family of people, doctors, lawyers?
2: Yeah, so, so, it's, uh, so my, my, my family's uh, doctors. And yeah. So basically, you choose to be a doctor when you choose your A-levels, because yeah. every medical school wants you have to have certain A-levels, and so when you're choosing your A-levels when you're 16, you, that's a very bad age to,
1: to decide anything, obviously. Um, it's mad, that, not it, that you have to choose at 16? Yeah. That you it's want to be a doctor? Absolute nonsense. And is it is it such a case that like if you were twenty two you just couldn't do it if you decided to be a doctor at um, twenty just... two?
2: It's increasingly you can do it as a postgraduate career. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's that's rare. America gets medicine almost completely wrong. But it's generally a postgraduate degree, right. which is good because you can make an informed decision. At twenty one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, rather than just being, you know, a young teenager. Yeah, doing it on the basis of your dad's a doctor, quite like Holby City, <laughs> and of the two, Do liking like Holby City? City is is actually probably a better reason.
1: <laughs> I suppose. Did you watch Holby City growing up? Uh, How long it, was Holby City, been on TV? I don't
2: know. Well, that was sort of it's it grew out of casuality, didn't it? And uh, <laughs> which is which is still going. But uh, uh, I think no, Holby City is probably a funnier phrase,
1: isn't it? Yeah, so we're learning some writing lessons. <laughs> I am. Um, so you. So you at sixteen. Well, I'm going to be a doctor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Completely.
1: Yeah. No, nothing, in you want were you thinking about wanting to be a comedian or? I was
2: thinking about um, being a musician. So I was really good at the the saxophone and pretty good at the piano, mm-hmm. but it was basically pointed out to me. <laughs> saxophone. That, yeah. What's funny about that? <laughs> Really? Am I not cool enough to play I've the never saxophone? Seen you play saxophone? Why would you have seen me ever play the saxophone? Well, I would say we're pretty good friends. But I don't play the saxophone, uh, sort of in but social situations.
1: I suppose <laughs> <laughs> that would, make, would be strange if I'd seen you. I've never even heard you talk about a saxophone. Have you got one here? Yeah, there's there's one in the house. Do I need to go and get a saxophone? No, no, pop- too. I'm not gonna put you on the spot and make you play saxophone on the on the podcast. <laughs> I mean I would Imagine I'd, you I'd, I'd play you out, play you <laughs> out
2: with back in
1: Baker Street. Um, okay, um, so saxophone and what was the other one? Piano and, and piano, oh, course, and, piano yeah. and
2: trombone. I I, played, I was like a music nerd. But Yeah, um, the nerd. And I thought I take that music I could now. Yeah, um but I thought I could be like a sort of an amazing, sort of famous a famous saxophonist, Bach. was famously not a saxophonist.
1: Oh, so I thought he meant piano player. And nor was he a famous <laughs> guy, <laughs> player. Yeah, piano player. Um, uh, so
2: <laughs> thanks for playing. Um, what well, was Bach? Bach. He was a composer, wasn't he? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so we're I'm going to say Kenny G for your demographic. As a I don't famous, know who that is? I mean, he's the most famous saxophonist we can really. Um, okay. I can, I can, I can, Did he do Baker Street? He he didn't no um, Baker Street the saxophonist Baker Street recently died. There was an urban myth that it was Bob Holness who did the. Uh, I don't know, uh, know oh, he Really, he was the he was the
1: presenter of Blockbusters. I don't know what Blockbusters is. I don't know any of these references. Oh shit! I do okay. know saxophonist Clarence Clemens. Okay, from the East yeah. Street yeah. band. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I thought I you, could be, be uh, Clarence Clemens.
2: Okay, it turns out. Yeah. that even though I was the best saxophone player in my school, mm. that probably meant I was the nine millionth best saxophone player in the world and I wouldn't end up <laughs> playing professional saxophone. I would end up um, probably teaching music. And you can probably understand from my temperament. teacher. <laughs> I mean, I, a teacher's played the most crucial role, but I'm not a teacher. I really I've, can't I, you imagine know, you playing I've playing got saxophone. no patience. And don't oh, particularly like particularly children, you I know. I do not want
1: to be taught anything by you. No, no no. One would. You're quite um, uh, mean. short-tempered with your people you like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can only imagine what a class of young saxophonists would think. <laughs> uh,
2: you never learnt an instrument then, did you? Cause well, I did. I, did I, you? You learn really it in a either. class. Because it's generally <laughs> g- generally one well, to one. Well, high
1: school we had a thing where we, when we were like eight, we had to choose if we wanted to do violin or recorder. They were the yeah. options, and I chose violin. Okay. And learnt that for like six months and got bored, and then started learning guitar and learnt oh. that for about four years and then got bored. My life yeah. up to this point has been a succession of getting obsessed with things and then losing interest. So I was like. We're like, all oh, waiting oh, to see when this one <laughs> loses down. its shine, Tom. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully the comedy <laughs> thing will burn out quite soon. Yeah, yeah. but I remember. <laughs> What's next? What's up next? I, I went through like guitar was a massive thing. Then it was magic. I was really into magic for like, Were like you? Two, two years. Yeah. No. And I was learning, and I, I was obsessed with it, and oh and then I completely God. lost interest in that, and then it became comedy. What's Acting thing? was before comedy. Oh no! Boy, I just think I should have been a magician.
2: Well, no, uh i The just... other day in
1: Cardiff shouted Stephen Mulhern at me on oh, stage. Right. I was that's on the, stage. That's the coolest heckler. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they just shouted Stephen Mulhern. I didn't really know who it was. i had to Google it. He's a magician. Well, he's, a, he's, a, he's, magician.
2: A, he's, a, he's a presenter yeah. slash musician mm. slash presumably closet homosexual. Mm.
1: We haven't got this at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not staying in, is it?
2: I said presumably, and uh, no, yeah, that's yeah. not enough, though,
1: is it? Okay. His oh, because we'll have to cut the we'll we we'll that from there. A <laughs> <laughs> cast um, will. I, yeah, I'm sure that's uh... Joel will cut that out. Joel's the guy who edits these. Can you can you believe there's someone who works editing this? Hi, Joel. Um, I, I haven't been very funny yet. Can no, you no, no, up, no. can you up your question the game a bit? Saxophone stuff as good. I can, I'll
2: play. I'll get a saxophone. and I'll play you out on it. Oh,
1: that would be good. Let's
2: do we'll that. Do, let's do that. Yeah. We can do Baker Street. I
1: when I play that's great. We'll do that. I'm sorry. When I um spoke some of the people I've been talking to on this podcast. We've talked about the getting Can I can I just guess
2: that Joel isn't going to enjoy the amount of time you hit your legs and the table. <laughs> <laughs> just from a, just from an editing point of view, the occasional <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what they dream of. That's me hitting. That's not me hitting Adam. That's me <laughs> laughing at Adam. At Adam. Um We've talked a lot about writer's block with other people. Oh, yes. Do, is that something you experience? Yes. Right. I, I, assume, I presume it is. It is. Yeah. Um, having, having looked at some of your work, I presume it's yes. There's, a, there's a, you've read a lot that's tripping yeah. on down days. Yeah, yeah,
2: um, what we're all thinking. <laughs> so um, I, what I've got better at is realising a day where it's just not coming mm. and then abandoning the day and doing something completely different. Satisfying. Yeah, just you know, just just picking up the saxophone, <laughs> up the saxophone but you know, just just going to the going to the cinema, walking around the park, just doing just, just yeah. like meeting someone for, for drinks or dinner, because I find that if I try and push against a closed door, yeah, uh, nothing re- pretty much happens, and then by the end of that, I'm just hugely frustrated. But if I just give my brain a day off and just do some fun stuff. Um, next day I'm normally uh, I'm normally in a good place Um, I've never luckily touched wood so far had like weeks and weeks where I just couldn't couldn't
1: write but sometimes I just start and I'm like Do you think it's one of those things because some some of the people I've spoken to have said that being at home is where they feel like they can work and some people say that's the worst thing for them and they need to get out and go away and being at home is Really bad for writing and um, distraction is very bad for me. So I'm very yeah. bad at
2: writing during the day. Right. Um, obviously, writing rooms with other people. You know, they they generally insist that I don't yeah, do yeah. it. You're not at AM. a level
1: where you can just demand it's at three in the morning. <laughs>
2: I've never asked the question, but I suspect I the answer is I'm not at the level. Um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, my my worry would be I'd reduce the pool of people I can uh, <laughs> I can call on to you. Um, sure, uh, I'll with yeah, you this morning. Yeah, as as I say. Um, <laughs> um, so I, my best writing time, if I'm you know, working on a script on my own or script editing a yeah. book or something, is, uh, is from about 11pm to 4am. Those yeah. are my golden hours because Twitter's fucked off to bed and Facebook's fucked off a bit and no one's going to text me. And I can't self-destruct by just you know, texting a friend to say, should we go out for drinks? Because the answer would be, I'm asleep. Or yeah. it's two a.m. and everything's shut. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so that, that's my that's when I work best, and I and I'm I write by pacing around
1: a lot. Mm. Uh, I can only imagine what that looks like.
2: Do you want me to do that?
1: Okay. So I'm. Okay. Myself,
2: Starts about here. <laughs> yeah. This is a, I mean, this is a fairly long room. In this room as well? No, sort of, this is my, my pacing circuit. Oh my word. We're so going down to the end of yeah. this room. Yeah. And then go through this door, that through... It's
1: quite a long circuit, this, really. Yeah, isn't isn't that's my,
2: yeah, that's my pacing it's a circuit. Is the table where you sit at and then you go and do yeah, that? It is, yeah. Yeah, normally, normally that chair. Amazing, isn't it? It's like, not, I, I don't think it's actually uh, even interesting. let alone I think amazing. But, but, I think it's but also, great. Um, that means I can't really do that in a Starbucks.
1: Yeah, so it needs a lot
2: of, uh, I and mean, that involves a lot of pacing room.
1: I suppose. Do you think we've not talked about pacing with anyone before? Actually, that's not true. When we spoke to when I when I spoke to um, Tom Odell. Uh huh. I, um, I did a podcast with Tom Odell. I thought told you that earlier didn't I I thought that might have just come out of the blue i did I told you that i I'm not sure I was listening so it okay. is it does it
2: is it is actually good new information yeah, okay. yeah. I just thought
1: you looked a bit confused
2: no 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 no, no. i am on, I'm on he board with that. Said
1: that he will um record he'll he'll sometimes record what he's written and and go for a walk and listen to it okay do you think that's something you would do
2: uh, no I don't <laughs> want to ever hear my voice I, I can't even if I'm in a studio recording of something yeah. I've written, I can't be in the studio. I've never watched anything back on telly I've written. So, no, that would be my worst thing, okay. would be to listen, to, 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 to listen back to it. So, now I just... Um, also, part of my process, yeah. if I'm writing a script or something, is just get to the end and don't go back. And then... Right. I, I, I found that if I start editing as I go, I end up in a sort of... In an infinite loop... In yeah. about a third of the way through, I'm trying to really, really, really shine up a very small number of pages. <laughs> and what's better to do is just do a sort of zeroth draft, hammer it to the end, make a note of things that occur to you want
1: to change, and then make the changes on there. But next I, draft. I, I may, maybe wrong, but I, I do you normally work with people when you're writing, or would you do a lot? Depends with, on the project. On so a lot, a lot on
2: my own. So you know, writing an, but an episode of someone that
1: you're emailing it someone and they're. Is I mean, it very rarely, just you who's in control. Uh, no, I'm never in control.
2: They're always. I mean, if it's a TV show, then they'll always be sort of the creator of the show or the producer or the exec who are sort of, yeah. and they'll often be other writers. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of a lot of the process is fairly lonely. Like when I was putting the book together, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was, I got the first thing out of the way before I sent it off to my. Editor, there's a lot of there's a lot of alone time. Obviously, I, in writing rooms, then you just yeah. do I like I like those because you're sort of trying the, to make people book, laugh. The um,
1: did like, like did you you can't have imagined you can't have expected how well the book did, can you? The book did no, so well. No, yeah,
2: no, definitely didn't expect. That. Yeah. Nor did the publishers. So they, yeah. they they sent me these sort of these uh, emails with. Sort of exciting things that happened, or you know, another country's bought it, or you know, it sold another, it's had another milestone of sales. Yeah. And there's always this sort of untyped but definitely there sentence at the start, which says, "We don't know how this has happened, but <laughs> yeah, yeah." Uh, but they're, it's they're, amazing. They're very pleased with it, but um, yeah, th- 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 that was not the expected uh, version
1: of events. Was it? Was it a case of as soon as it came out, you know, you started to notice it was doing really well, or did it take a few few weeks for it to?
2: No, I mean it, uh, it. It did. It did well uh, immediately. It it, um, it was in the Sunday Times bestseller list. And it was in the on the first, first week. First week, and it wow. sort of and it was. Uh, it spent the whole of its first month or two months in the top ten of Amazon. So you know, it had a had a very yeah. good start. It was quite. Uh, it was quite evident early on that that something had gone uh, unexpectedly well.
1: Yeah, well, it's brilliant. That's why. Uh, it's. Were you happy with it? You must have been happy with it. I I mean I've not read
2: it back really. I've I've read like there are little sections that I read out in you know if I'm on stage. I've but, seen you do um, that. You have seen images. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: that sounded a bit more sinister than <laughs> I, I intended it to sound. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm. Yeah, there's
2: there's there's things you know. There's lots and lots and lots of things that I want to. Change, but now can That's my problem with you know seeing anything again that I've done because you know every bit of writing, whether it's going on screen or whether it's going you know going to be on yeah. like, cut up trees, there's a long gestation period, and um, it's like we were we were saying before. You want to uh, you know you always want to evolve your show, even though you know that you know people are coming to see a certain show that they're expecting. Yeah. Um, for me, it's. it's it's the it's the same because but I can't change it because it's on telly or it's in a it's in a book. Yeah. Um. It's like you know it's naked baby photos, isn't it? You know they exist, <laughs> um, but you don't want to be constantly reminded of yeah. them, and you've changed yeah. since. Um.
1: um
2: but oh, actually, the paperback, which is which has just come out of the book, um, yeah. I was able to to change a few bits and pieces because when I. Uh, when the uh, I initially submitted my my first draft of the book, uh, it's all diary entries from when I used to be a doctor, and it needed to be a mix of the funny and the sad and the you know and the yeah. high octane and the mundane and everything like that. The big section uh, was stuff that's revolting, yes. and uh, my editor was very keen that the revolting stuff was minimised. <laughs> she didn't use the term revolting, she said tonally adrift. just <laughs> covered for revolting. And... Yeah. Uh, and then when the paper... And, and, so, and so I ended up culling a big load of stories that I that I loved of really revolting things happening. What? Um, more revolting than what's in the oh, book? Oh, much more revolting than what's in the book. And so, when the paperback came out... What? was
1: that? Can you say any of them? Uh,
2: yeah, I'll I'll say one in a second, I'll go and get I'll go and get the paper back because right, okay. um, I had a bit more clout after, you know, you know yeah. however many hundreds of thousands of books have been printed. Yeah. Uh, I'm no longer like this sort of a new first time author, but they, they now have to sort of Listen to uh, you. Not so much listen. Pretend to listen to me. I <laughs> sort of no indulge me. They now have to <laughs> indulge me, even if they disagree. Yeah. Um, so I was able to. I was able to squeak in a few of uh, a few, few of, of those. those proper. Yeah. Dirt. Oh, hang on. I'll, I'll go and get. Go and grab it. Go yeah, that'd
1: yeah, be good. Just, just for what if people are wondering what that crunching on the floor is? Adam's kitchen is covered in brown paper.
2: Yeah, it's a sex thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and we've got uh, builders uh, involved in the garden. Involved in the, in sex, the thing. sex thing.
1: Yeah, great. So this is this is the new paperback. Yes. That's got even more revolting stories. Yeah. Does it say that on the front? Or? It doesn't.
2: No, I wanted that. But they said extra with extra time. diary entries, <laughs> so which is code so for know, extra, extra disgusting. <laughs> um, it's the to, after hours version. Do you want me to jack and ori this?
1: What's the worst one in there?
2: Um, I don't know if this is the worst one. This is, uh, I think this is my, this is a, this is a real favourite. This is the one I was saddest when it got cut, and this was from the 17th of May 2005. Okay. Patient CF has held the record for worst item inserted into penis for three months, but now, sadly, his reign has come to an end. I was fairly confident that squirting a caulk gun down his urethra would have provided him with an unassailable lead, but every bleep from a is a potential kingmaker, and we saw a new ruler crown today. Patient R.D. is a 27-year-old gentleman who attempted a new twist on an old classic to surprise his girlfriend on her birthday. He stripped naked, lay on his back on the kitchen table and smeared his body with chocolate sauce. He achieved an erection, which is a medical expression that's uh, always surprised geez. me. Yeah, it's, sort of, it's a pretty small achievement in the scheme of things, isn't it? He achieved an erection, then inserted and lit a thin green birthday candle. Unfortunately, which is a word that appears a lot in this book, unfortunately, his girlfriend didn't get a chance to see this ill-advised yet imaginative birthday tribute as the patient soon dissolved into the excruciating pain of hot wax dripping through his urethra and into his bladder. I presume as he blew out the candle, he made a wish that the urology department would have a good plan as to how to remove a stick of wax melted deep into
1: his cock. Oh my god! So I mean, yeah. There's 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 those. So they're added in the new paperback. Yeah. I can yeah. sort. I'm sort. I can sort of see why that wasn't in the first copy. To be honest, as much as I enjoyed that story, it's 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 quite bad. It's quite. It's quite bad. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that's the worst one?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't know.
1: Is that the worst thing you saw as a doctor? You've probably been asked this all the time. Is that the worst thing you saw as a doctor?
2: No. Um... Well, it depends. It's it's. I worked on, I worked on a labour ward, so you know, which you know you end up with twice the number of patients you start with in general, which is a good batting average. It's generally a happy place, but when it's a sad place, you know you see absolutely terrible things. You know, you you know, if you when you lose mums and lose babies, you never forget that. So that's the harrowing answer to your question. But the most repulsive thing. (laughs) I saw the the one that still haunts me, and I was, I was glad to be able to share with the world. Uh, mm. Was was also from my because uh, before my uh, before my vagina days, uh, sure, uh, I I had a lot of penis days working mm. as a urologist, and uh, and this was Can basically. What
1: you mean by that? You oh know, yeah, you no, you were a gynaecologist. You didn't used to be a woman. Oh
2: no, I didn't used to be. Didn't right. used to be. Just to clear that
1: up. Just for, just
2: for Joe's purposes. Yeah, that. exactly, for the tape. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, far and away, the most disgusting thing I saw was a man, the term is degloving, uh, which means oh, the, the, me the, the skin and associated oh. vessels get ripped off something, degloving his penis. Oh, God. Slid down a lamppost. He was 18. Oh. So he was 18 and slid down a lamppost and his penis shredded off, leaving him with like a sort of oh, a thin my. bit of spaghetti. What
1: happened? How did you, did you fix it?
2: Uh, no, I imagine to this day it remains uh, <laughs> oh you know, if we, if we imagine blood. that a, the penis <laughs> has two functions mm. um, it's, it's only going to be that good for one of them. Oh man. And even that involves Here's like a question. sort of a spigot.
1: Did you, did you, on those when things like that happened and there was something sad would you get the saxophone out? To cheer people up. Yeah, and I'd always
2: keep it in the keep it in the locker room. Did they enjoy it? Uh, I was the, the Patch Adams <laughs> of
1: Guiley Cancer. Oh no, you, come on. on! Come on. <laughs> you need to update your saxophonist reference. No,
2: that wasn't a, that was Patch Adams was a... was a Robin Williams? We heard oh, of Robin know. Williams. Yes. Oh yeah, so sort of film he like was a Robin
1: Williams is Adam.
2: Oh right. That's just the, the you know <laughs> the Bob Holmes debacle earlier on made me are you slightly
1: questioning that was, a, that was a low point. I'm honest that was a low point. Um, I remember talking to you about um, America once Oh, right, and you we were talking about working in America, oh yes, and you said that you would move out to America and live and work out there if if you if an opportunity presented itself. Is that still the way you feel? This was before the book success and
2: um I mean opportunities have uh presented themselves unfortunately um i'm uh i don't exist in a vacuum and uh and my boyfriend's got a job uh Mm. in in uh, west london and the commute from la to shepherd's bush is just i mean it's doable but (laughs) beyond a couple of days it's it's a it's a it's a proper faff now i've been very lucky with um with working in america but um I've been able to do quite a lot of it uh, uh, remotely, uh, but now, yeah, no, that but and the book has uh, has certainly kept me busy for the last uh, yeah last six months or so.
1: Do Do you think that there's a big difference between the TV industry that you work in here and the TV industry in America? Do you um, think there's a, if if you were to go over there and work, there would be, be a massive difference? Well, I mean, I'm you know.
2: I, I do go over there, um, yeah. not infrequently. The writer is is taken more seriously as you know within the the hierarchy of the television show yeah. uh, in the states, the, and a part of that is the writer also is is better paid often
1: uh, there. Um, they have these. They have like huge writers' rooms, don't they? Sometimes yes. when you watch American shows at the end when the credits come down. It says writers, it's like fourteen writers. Yeah,
2: three. and you've watched the show and there were three jokes and it just feels <laughs> like a
1: that feels like an easy job. <laughs> but it seems like here things are written by like two or three people. It's
2: uh yeah, it's it's a money thing. Yeah, you know, there's more there's money. more there's more money in the in the system. Although it's sort of equilibrating slightly now uh in that uh American money is coming into productions written in the UK, made in the UK and so um yes i mean there, there's less of a difference now uh than there was um it's a bit i don't love la as a place my my biggest problem with uh with moving out to write would just be i, do, I don't love la it doesn't have any soul
1: yeah that's why i think you that's why i thought you would that's what I thought LA. i'd be good there yeah uh
2: yeah, that's a good point. And um and also um it's so big and spread out.
1: Mm. Again, uh, a reason I thought you might have liked it.
2: <laughs> it was um but it's like you can't, you know, walk to the shops to get a bottle of rum or something. You have to mm. get a, you know, 9-minute Uber. Most
1: people would use milk at the reference point there, What's they? that? <laughs> <laughs> I went to LA for the first time, like, two months ago. Oh, right. I liked... I did I did like it, but I guess maybe it would become... There are aspects of it that I think, if you lived there, would become a bit wary. Yeah. But for a, for a week, it's fun, isn't it? But I don't think maybe...
2: Yeah, the driving like everywhere thing is annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of it's it's Telly's Disneyland, isn't it? It's, great, it's good, good, good for a good for a long weekend. But yeah. if you had to spend three months at Disneyland, eventually.
1: <laughs> but there was I was I met, I met up with this guy who works up there as a TV producer, and I was asking him about if he prefers working there to here, and he said it's just more, you know, opportunities, and what he would be working on here is. You know, maybe like an ITV2 panel show. What sort of show you're on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly Poor man. Exactly. Poor oh man. Oh um, no, he was, right I, <laughs> <laughs> he was right to get out. He was
2: right to get out. So I'm with him on that. But I, I think, think the joy of the stuff I do is you would never appear in it.
1: <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's unfair. I think, I would like to be in something you, maybe a would you, would
2: you want to star in the TV adaptation of my book?
1: Could I be the guy whose penis is degloved?
2: Uh, gladly, yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, was... I, don't, I don't think you can pass for 18, though, anymore. Whatever it says in your Twitter bio <laughs> and doubtless your Tinder bio.
1: It, this uh... is a problem that I found over... Because I did some gigs in LA, right, and the, peop- the, the guys hosting the shows obviously didn't know who I was, but they'd obviously Googled me to find out how to introduce me. And the yeah. first thing that came up was prob- obviously a, some information from when I was 18. So they all introduced. How me, young you are. They all introduced me as being like sixteen years old. Yeah. And I had to. I just don't look sixteen anymore. Yeah. Not
2: sixteen anymore. You're, you're not, and you're, you're aging pretty badly. Yeah. The same. like, I don't know if it was L. A., but you've, you know, you've you've gained a good three years in the last yeah. in the last year or well, so. It's, it's sort of really yeah. catching up with yourself. I know. Um, but it's it's sort of it's Daniel Sloss <laughs> syndrome, isn't it? When your <laughs> I'm niche leave is being
1: that cutting <laughs> remark there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um when when your thing is uh when your niche is being very young. Yeah. What would you do but when you when you're 30?
1: I agree, yeah. but I think but I that's why I think it's it's important not to make that your niche. I I, I think it I, was
2: very good for you, cuz it excused quite a lot of the jokes, sure. didn't it? Yeah, they were yeah. like oh, he's only he's only 12. <laughs> he's exactly he's good. What a bad So now no, no, no need the material It's you,
1: definitely something that i benefited from And probably still do
2: Yeah, because you haven't changed your Twitter bio
1: Well, it says my age, doesn't it? No, I don't well, really not know. your
2: age now It says your age, that's doesn't the problem It does
1: on my Twitter bio How old are you? 21
2: Like, fuck you, are you really only 21? Yeah, how old do you oh, think okay. i am like 23
1: No, 21
2: Man alive, hang on, where's your Twitter? Yeah Do I follow you?
1: I, hope, I really hope so. Okay. You do? Oh, no,
2: no, I do. I do, I do, I do.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Did you think it said 18? Uh, I,
2: I, I do apologise. <laughs> you, you know, that was... You do have your... Act. Can I see some ID? Yeah,
0: you can,
1: yeah. <laughs> but I do, but I... I think it, you're right, it is a problem if you... Although there are some acts, without wishing to name names, that definitely have strung out the youth thing for years... Ten, like but ten... if you
2: were wishing to name names, who would you say other than Daniel?
1: Well, there's a there's one um, act who I heard who um, with his like tour posters will use pictures from like ten years ago. Oh yeah! Of... No, we all use. No, no, no but never no, like. I
2: mean, look book. at this photo of me in the book.
1: Yeah, no, I know, but I mean, not like a good photo, like uh, I, mean, that is <laughs> I mean that's. I mean that's. Where was that taken? Was that a university?
2: Uh. I think I think even earlier that's than that. That's
1: the photo that's used for all of your stuff. I've noticed, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah. So for example, yeah, you know, you use a, a flattering, uh, yeah. flattering picture. Why wouldn't you? No, I know. Um, but, the, but the
1: guy I'm talking about is um, like properly like 15 years ago put photo. Who oh, is it? For the purposes of uh, it's Russell Howard for the purposes. For oh, the purposes. Russell Howard. But yes. I mean, he still does the youth thing. And he's almost 40 now. Sure. And he's still yeah. He's in t-shirts and I'm a young guy. And it works, obviously. You know, I'm not having a go. It works really well. It, it, it
2: does. I mean, as time and time again, the, uh, the industry proves there's a lot of idiots out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose Although,
2: Russell, I, I did very much appreciate appearing on your yeah, show, you on and the show, and it, and didn't it you? did sell a lot of books. So that's so, quite rude, actually. To so say that's on, quite ungrateful, on isn't point. it?
1: Do you feel, um, without, without wishing to make this sound too serious are you happy yes with where you are in your life and your career
2: I'm very happy um I spent a long time being unhappy because of my job when my job was medicine just because I had no work-life balance and I wasn't in control like I was saying before at all or maybe I wasn't saying before if that's one of the bits uh you cut out because I slag off a a person yeah, yeah. you're working with um but uh so as i may or may not have said before depending on the edit um i'm now in i'm now in control um yeah of of my life i'm i'm in a happy relationship i'm in a nice yeah sort of we get up we? yeah we do, we do. Yeah, it's nice we do um yeah no i'm, I'm you don't I'm seem happy. to have because
1: of all the friends I have in the industry you seem like one of the most grounded people
2: is that because I don't do gigs possibly <laughs> genuinely possibly that like is what it no, is it's very easy to go you seem very insane seem, yeah you
1: seem very like you seem like you've got a good attitude and you don't take it too seriously or get too head up you
2: can't it. take it too seriously because it's just nonsense isn't it it's not yeah. life or death well, your stuff is yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone us take um, it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know a bad day at work means that um, you know everyone walks out of your show again, or <laughs> you know, or I you know I, I yeah. dip out of the top ten one week. You know, it's uh, yeah
1: yeah it's <laughs> books, yeah, not no,
2: singles. Yeah, by the way, no, <laughs> you know, no no one dies, and yeah, no, I, I think, that's think our... one of the probably yeah the, the biggest thing medicine has taught me. Is that you know, shit happens, but it's just like the other um, the other day. Someone uh, I got back to my car, come back from a literary festival in Wales, and the um, and there was a it was in the service station. There was a piece of paper on the windscreen of my car, and someone had said really, really sorry and left their phone number, and uh, and down the down the side on the passenger side there was a big scrape. I was like, oh, ah, yeah. uh, But you know. And, but you know, it's only you know, it's only a, a a bit of tin. It'll it'll you know that can be polished out or replaced or what, or whatever. And there is there is good in the world because someone uh, left their number. Yeah. Out. As it turns out, they they <laughs> left a completely fucking made up number. <laughs> really. <laughs> really? And, uh, and my excess is about a grand, so I ended up paying that for it. Amazing. So um, so I mean that.
1: Uh, but... Someone who was in the audience of the literary festival. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but no, but I think I'm. I think I'm now more zen than than I would have been if I uh, if I went into comedy at whatever you claim your age is. Twelve, <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Better put your clothes on, then, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, go Because I I think it's quite hard to. I don't know from your experience. I see a lot of people who work in entertainment in whatever form that is, seem to constantly be quite um, unhappy with where they are and wanting to further their career or... Yeah. Um, so I think to achieve what what you just said, where you actually feel contented.
2: Yeah, there's a brilliant producer who gave me actually my first writing break on telly years ago called Stephen McCrum, who execs Mongrels, which was this sort of adult puppet show where I just did my first bit of um, telly. Um, and he believes and tells everyone about the... The law of abundance. There's enough success for everyone. Yeah. Just because someone else is successful, don't be jealous of them because you can do that as well. Yeah. And there just there just is. You don't need to push someone else down to get to get yeah. up. There's enough for everyone. And something I have found, you know, when I, uh, you know, on the occasions I, I am in the in the green room of a, of a of a of a comedy bill, there's a lot of, um, how did you get that? Meaning, why did you get that? Yeah. Um. And a lot of there's a lot of you know, jealousy's not a not a, a cool thing and it's difficult to 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 get over that, but you know, it's 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 all done on 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 merit and you know, if you if you if you work at your thing you'll get it. Yeah. You know, your your script will get made. Even even your script could get made.
1: Well that's a little maybe a little too far fetched. No oh, right? oh, no, but I'm trying to be like positive and uplifting oh, okay. yeah, for the, yeah, end, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. end of I, the end of the just... I think that's got a really weird attitude that people, a lot of people seem to have of not just I want to be successful, but I want to be successful and want no one else to be successful. Yes. Not just, do you know what I mean? It's yes. a very, really weird attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And but that seems to be quite a well trodden viewpoint in, among, in this industry of not just, you know, sort of like a fuck everyone else sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought it's quite odd.
2: It is, and you, you probably don't see it amongst. You certainly don't see it amongst
1: doctors. No, it's sort it, of must you be want one of to, the only industries with this like that.
2: Yeah, but it, it's an unusual personality who wants everyone to love them. Wants yeah. to go on stage and be lauded. And a lot of people, you no, know, if they, if not if they're asked, but if they write it down secretly in their in their diary, a lot of their dream is to be extraordinarily famous mm. and have their own you know primetime chat show or be doing their own arena podcast. tours that sell them or yes to a lesser extent a podcast yeah um, this is your arena tour yeah um, <laughs> um, but that's not it's not a normal it's not a standard thing but I no. think that 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 personality um, you know is often allied to to that feeling um but and another reason I don't do a huge number of gigs is that, that green room thing because you know, given that my main thing is you know, is writing stuff, and a lot of comics obviously want to do that alongside as or as their next thing, there's a lot of would you mind uh, if I send you my script, which mm. is fine, obviously, I do mind, but you know, it, does, <laughs> it only takes half an hour to read a you know, a 30 page uh, script, yeah. and you know, if it's any uh, yeah. good, uh, yeah, you know, pretty much by the time you've read the first page or two, but now. I'm getting a bit of. Can I send you my book?
1: Yeah.
2: No. Do, do, I imagine <laughs> a, you're getting a lot of that. It's a three hundred page word document. Of course you can't. Yeah. Send me that. Do you say no or? Uh, it's very, yes. No, I do say no. Yeah. I mean, and and I, I guess that's
1: better than saying yes and then not
2: reading it. I get, uh, yeah. Or or they'll send it to me and I and I'll you know I'll say I've read the first couple of chapters. Still uh, uh But uh, no, I do get. If as soon as you've had a book out, people yeah. want uh, your quote on the on the front of books. I mean, that's uh, yes. you know people do judge a book by its cover. So my one, you know, we've got Stephen Fry and Jonathan Ross and Charlie Brooker and Dawn French. So yeah, that, that is. And I was I shamelessly you know contacted people, sent them my book. So I don't want to be the douchebag who doesn't read anyone's yeah um, books because yeah. I've relied quite quite heavily <laughs> on nice people. And, saying nice things about do my book. The,
1: Do you think the quotes on books make a big difference?
2: It's validation of some point. So now, now the, because the hardback's already been out, we can say that it's the, the awards it's won and it's been a bestseller and we've got newspaper reviews. But before yeah. then, you know, if if some celebrity, what you like, has been nice about a book, that might be the thing you need to, yeah. to read. I think it does. I you know, Particularly if a writer I like yeah. says they... Uh, like a book yeah. I will you know if I'm looking for a book if I'm in you know Smith's or Waterstones or whatever at the, at the airport that'll be the one I go for because yeah. you know some it's like a recommendation from a friend it's not quite as good but an author I love you know if, if John Niven or someone tells me that I should yeah, read yeah. this book then I and it's like on Twitter or
1: David I, Walliams or someone like that
2: um, I'm, I know you read a lot of his books, yeah. but I've, uh, I've got they're a slightly higher re- reading age. High age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 12, just to clarify. Uh, so, you know, but I see someone tweeting about... Uh, I don't often, like, book tickets to gigs because mm. someone said, oh, make sure you catch me at the Soho Theatre, <laughs> uh, to use a, a random example for Tom Lucy. Um, but... I, I will quite often if someone says read this amazing book and yeah. I'm following them because I like them, you know, yeah. sort of, you know, next time I'm in a bookshop buy that or just or click on the link or whatever. So i you know, uh, I think it, I think it's, I think it's made a difference. But who you,
1: knows? Obviously, don't talk about stuff that you're not supposed to. But I presume you're writing another book.
2: I am writing another book. Yeah. Is it a,
1: along the same lines?
2: Yeah. So it's. Um, Its working title is A Hundred Patients Who Changed My Life. And it's about the quite dry, but hopefully less dry, in the execution-sounding idea that every action has an equal and opposite reaction, like they teach you in... uh, You remember from GCSE Physics last month? Action, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you're breaking bad news to a patient, it has an effect on you as a doctor, and Mm. if someone... um, circumcises themselves accidentally using masking tape um, then uh, <laughs> I can use that endlessly in uh, in dinner party anecdotes.
1: <laughs> Great. I think that's everything I wanted to talk to you about.
2: It's certainly everything I wanted to say.
1: Yeah sure. the, the saxophone thing? Is that a go? Yeah or... yeah I mean let me see if I can find one. Adam's just gone to get his saxophone. I mean, you could probably cut that bit not you? <laughs> no, I like that bit. you're right, Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's right to the back of the understairs cupboard. You sound like you fell over there. You sound like you degloved yourself. Oh, wow. This is so exciting. Th- did you think this was a bluff? No, I... Well, I don't know what I thought. Oh, wow. Oh, Adam, it's huge. <laughs> 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 just literally just without any context but this is <laughs> adam so i need to include the caveat at this
2: point uh that <laughs> i was very good at the saxophone when i was 13 and 14 right and it it has mostly been in a cupboard for uh for the intervening years. when was the last time you blew on it Is that the right word? Yeah, I mean, I played it is normally. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I don't want to get (laughs) too technical, too jargony. Um, But yeah, the last time I I played it, yeah, years.
1: Wow, what an exclusive! (laughs) An exclusive! This is very exciting. Okay, what what are you going to play for us? Can you play (laughs) something nice that we can sort of fade out with? Uh, you can very quickly fade <laughs> think You can do a crash fade on. Um, uh, I,
2: I mean, I, I've had a go at Baker Street. Yes. Um, Huge. I mean, I'm not sure I know how it. You know how it goes. I know how it goes, which is different to knowing what things to put where to make what noise. Um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> sure. So I don't know if this reed worked. I mean, there's a lot of, oh, there's wow. a lot of variables. lot so exciting. Okay,
1: anyway. There we go, Adam Kay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, A big thank you to Adam for having uh, me round to his house for that chat. We had a lot of fun. And uh, also a big thank you to Joel Grove, who produces the show, to Will Shahada for the editing, and to my manager, Rick Hughes, for all your help. Um, Thank you to you for listening. It's been a lot of fun. We've got some really uh, amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks. So please uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes give it five stars, tell your friends, you know the drill. Thank you very much for listening, see you next week.